Hello, and welcome to episode one of Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stockman. I'm so grateful for all the support I've received thus far as I embark on this podcast. Be sure to check out our teaser episode if you haven't yet. Today on the show, we have Ricardo Rodriguez, Museum Director of the Baseball Heritage Museum at Cleveland, Ohio. Ricardo is a native Clevelander and a great storyteller. Just so everyone is aware, the soon-to-be-changed name of the Cleveland baseball franchise is used a couple of times in the interview. After I'm done talking to Ricardo, I'll bring you some extra facts about League Park, the home of the Baseball Heritage Museum, in our first overtime segment, so be sure to check that out as well. I hope you enjoy episode one. Well, today on the podcast, I have Ricardo Rodriguez, the museum director of the Baseball Heritage Museum in League Park in Cleveland, Ohio. Ricardo, how are you? I'm doing great, Andrew. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So to start off, there's a quote on your museum website that really kind of struck me, and it was, to better understand America, understand baseball. And like that really spoke to me. I think that's really impactful. And I was wondering if you could kind of touch on that and how your museum um, kind of lives that out. We feel baseball uh, as, as a whole, as a, a, in the sport and, and beyond, is a, a great example of the various microcosms of America, whether it be, um, you know, in a social context, an economic context, uh, racial context. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, those specific um, attributes can be directly seen in the game, the sport of baseball. So we try to focus on sharing and developing and creating a a more comprehensive narrative around those specific components, societal components, and deliver them in our our museum uh, with the artifacts that we have. And it's really important to use our artifacts to deliver these, these stories, these narratives, to our visitors and and beyond. That's great. I think it's, yeah, it's obviously really important to help educate folks and just kind of bring them into baseball and like kind of use baseball as a vehicle to like talk about history and talk about like social change. I think that's a great aspect of sports museums. And then I think you all do that on a lot of ways. I saw on your website, you have like the League Park Academy, which is like a, a youth baseball program, which I think is really neat. I'm not sure of any other museums that do that. So how did that kind of come about and what's your partnership with League Park Academy? Well, uh, League Park Academy is under the umbrella of Baseball Heritage Museum. So it is uh, the League Park Academy at the Baseball Heritage Museum. And uh, it came about through a partnership with the Cleveland Indians and um, they also saw a, uh, a need to expand the educational component of what we do to the youth in the area. So while that does um, include um, educational programming for all ages, uh, you know, from kindergarten through uh, those living uh, assisted living facilities, regardless of age, baseball can teach you something. Is like is how we like to to kind of embrace it, uh, but also as equally as important, we also host the BHM Buckeyes, which is a traveling baseball team, um, starting with uh, I think 13U all the way up to 18U. Throughout this whole COVID pandemic, there's been a very very short time that we didn't have active uh, baseball clinics going on, and we we also took this as a, an opportunity to. Uh, develop a online uh, virtual baseball academy. 
where we have our um, uh, renowned coach, Jay Murphy, uh, him and his staff put together, uh, you know, developed to put together a, um, an online virtual camp that's available for uh, the youth to when this all when this all started to use at home to you know keep up develop and uh, uh, you know maintain their 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 baseball skills. That's great. It's it's cool that the museum has that avenue to influence young people and to like even older people. Like you said, I love how you said like regardless of age, baseball can teach you something. So that's great. And I think if if we shift to talking about the pandemic. And you said stuff went virtual, and I know I believe the museum just reopened a couple of weeks ago. Is that right? Uh, yeah, last Friday was our was our grand reopening, and it was fantastic. Uh, we had a great great outpouring of support. Uh, people were literally there um, as uh, before we opened the doors. Uh, you know, we opened at nine, and people were lined up at eight thirty, ready to go. It was uh, super exciting to see that. You know, when I did. Anytime you try to uh, reopen after uh, you know a significant event, you know will people show up? And I, you know, while I had confidence knowing that um, we offer we offer something that people were longing for, and that's that's baseball. They they were there waiting for us, and that was really nice to see. That's cool. What are some of the other ways you guys engaged uh, your customers and fans during the pandemic with virtual events or otherwise? In the beginning. Uh, we, like many other small institutions, we're kind of scrambling to figure out how we can engage that, that our, our visitors. So we experimented with a couple different things, but we ultimately fell back on Facebook Live and YouTube to get our programming out there. So we really ramped up our programming efforts. And throughout the first probably three or four months of this whole thing, it kind of, it, it was a very... Um, evolving uh situation i guess you can say and you know some things were really great and some things didn't go over too well and we took that and we you know we uh kept expounding upon it and now we really hit our stride uh we have an ex-mlb uh beat reporter justice hill doing our our weekly presentations and he's been really uh integral to uh, gaining a great uh viewership um, he's, he's gotten some great interviews. Uh, Pete Rose has been on, Bob Kendrick from the Negro League Hall of Fame, Terry Francona, skipper of the Cleveland Indians, uh, Bob DiBiasio, uh, you know, point man for the tribe. So, um, you know, he's just, he's been, he's been great and uh, developing that, view, that, that viewership, like I said, and just providing some really, really interesting uh, programming for our visitors. Do you think that'll continue as COVID starts to die down? Will you continue some of these virtual events? No doubt. No doubt. It's um, it's here to stay. It's uh, something that we probably should have been um, doing prior. But, uh, you know, once we were feet to the flames, we were, you know, forced to do this. And we really realized that this has broadened our access to visitors worldwide. We have, uh, you know, regular viewers from Mexico City, from California, from, uh, you know, all over the world. Are they're, they're, they're tuning in because whether they have, you know, local connections to Cleveland or, you know, uh, they once lived here or they just love, you know, Cleveland baseball or Cleveland sports, whatever it may be, they're, draw, they're getting drawn to uh, Baseball Heritage Museum, uh, our Facebook Live events, and that's really what's, what's important because ultimately it's about accessibility in sport museums and uh, museums alike and trying to 
get your artifacts and your stories as accessible as possible. And that's really what's important to us. Were you always interested, like you personally, in telling those stories? And just how kind of did you end up working in the Baseball Heritage Museum? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I've always liked uh, stories. Um, I kind of like saying I like to tell stories with stuff. That's kind of, uh, you know, how I, how I explain what I do. I am a born and raised Clevelander. So I have that going for me. I love, I'm a sports fan, Cleveland sports fan, love the Indians or whatever you're, whatever they're going to be called. I'm going to love them regardless. Um, really enjoy museums and history. So this, this uh, career path is perfect for me. I got a, um, uh, a master's in museum studies from Johns Hopkins university. And that's really how I got into the business. And I'm really lucky and fortunate to uh, have the position I do at the Baseball Heritage Museum. And I really look forward to expanding our, our access to our artifacts. That's cool. Kind of along those lines, what's your, like, is there a piece of technology um, that you enjoy or kind of a, an artifact that people really kind of flock to at the museum? Yeah, well, we got a, first we, we have the 436 home run ball of Babe Ruth on display at the museum. So uh, about three years ago, we developed a platform to display the ball. It's a projection-based exhibit, which projects a image of an actor portraying Babe Ruth onto a uh, plexiglass screen. So it looks like he's, he's there talking to you, he's moving around and uh, below it is a uh, interactive touch screen where you can you know, ask him questions uh, and he'll, he'll respond to you with a, you know, a pre, pre-recorded uh, message. So that's really, it's a really exciting piece of technology for a small institution like us. And uh, people do gravitate towards that because it's a quite, quite a large kiosk in, in our small ticket house. So very, very exciting. And um, it's a great way to, again, tell stories with that piece of artifact that we have. Yeah, because that, that home run was hit by Babe Ruth in League Park. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. yep. Can you talk about the museum's relationship with the stadium? Well, the, the museum is in the ticket house, the historic ticket house of League Park. So um, it's an ori- the original structure. When you're walking into the, the, the ticket house, you're actually walking through the space that, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people walk through to go and see the baseball game. So I, also, I, I often tell that story that um, you're standing in the spot where many people walk through, regardless of socioeconomic uh, place, racial place, gender place, whatever, they were all walking through that, the, the, the very small, you know, uh, ticket house to go see a much larger game. And that is one of the unifying qualities of the game of baseball that we try to embrace and again, uh, tell in our, in our museum. Um, other than that, once you, uh, the park itself um, has been renovated uh, it has uh, artificial turf. It has a much smaller grandstand, but the iconic fence in the, in, in the outfield is uh, not a replica, but it's the same height and same distance as it was in League Park. More than that is that the, uh, the park sits on the actual footprint of the original League Park. So when you're standing at home plate, 
you're standing where Babe Ruth stood and hit that 436 and the 500th home run out of League Park. When you go stand on, uh, you know, the pitching rubber, you're standing where Bob Feller and Cy Young stood and, you know, you know, did their work. So as far as place-based history goes, it doesn't get much better. I mean, you can, you can almost, you know, equate League Park to a Gettysburg or uh, Monticello or, you know, uh, other, uh, you know, place-based historical sites where, you know, so much happened and you actually get, you're, you're able to go out there and walk on the field. And, and, you know, once you do walk in that field, I still get chills just thinking about it. But when, I mean, when you get on there, you really feel the history and uh, it's, 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 it's a huge honor for the museum to be stewards of that place-based history. That's awesome. Like to, to stand where Cy Young stood and, where Babe Ruth stood and uh, Chris Speaker probably out in the outfield and, and some of those greats is, is just really, really incredible, I would say. And then how does the museum kind of balance that Cleveland specific history with like the, the black baseball history or the like Latino baseball history um, in the museum? We have exhibits uh, showcasing Cleveland baseball, uh, we have a very large, comprehensive New Year League baseball exhibit. So we try to give each component of uh, League Park history and general baseball history its its own proper uh, due. Uh, and to, to that note, we try to circulate our collection and bring stuff out on a regular basis to keep it fresh and to keep our visitors coming back so that they don't get it's it's, it's never stale, you know? And I think that's important um, in the fact that, you know, we're, again, we're, we have a small footprint, so we can only have, you know, so much stuff out at, at once. And to increase that accessibility again of our, our, our permanent collection to our visitors so that they have a reason to want to come back and, you know, engage with our, our, our collection and our artifacts. What are some of the those different components? Cause I know like you have like a wide ranging exhibits with um, like women in baseball, I believe, and Negro league baseball, even some Cleveland ties to the Negro leagues. Could you touch on some of that? Uh, sure. Well, we have, let's see, our Negro league artifacts include a lot of stuff from the 1945 uh, uh, Cleveland Buckeyes Negro league world series. So we, we, we try to show the correlation of like, a lot of people didn't really go see the Negro Leagues, uh, the, the Cleveland Buckeyes, when they first came around. But um, in 1944, their their attendance had dropped, and then in 45, when their team uh, became a little bit better, attendance was through the roof. And we show that with uh, we have artifacts on display from our archives that that are tax re uh, tax returns. So. It's um, money that was paid by the Cleveland Buckeyes to the Cleveland Indians baseball company. And it shows how, you know, how many tickets were sold per month and per year. So you can see it slowly, you know, uh, slowly rise up as the team excelled on the field. It brought in, it, it raised attendance. So you know, that's, that's kind of how uh, one of the components that we use to tell that story of the rise of the Cleveland Buckeyes, probably one of the more underrated uh, championship teams in Cleveland. Uh, people are often surprised to, to, to learn about that, and it's a welcome surprise. Something else that we're, we're in, in, uh, installing uh, before opening day this year is a baseball throughout history timeline. It's a 20-foot timeline that's going to be suspended from the ceiling, and it's going to show baseball 
from the beginning to present day, and it's going to overlap global events that have been that have been happening throughout the time. So we're going to see, uh, you know, the 1920s Cleveland Indians winning the World Series, but also juxtaposed to see that the world was also just leaving World War One, exiting and entering a uh, you know another pandemic. Uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, the Cleveland Buckeyes winning the Negro League World Championship and the world leaving World War II. You know, so it's going to be, it's, gonna, it's really going to add a lot of context to so, something that would otherwise be very hard to visualize. You know, you when you see uh, something going on, oh, well, this happened on this date in uh, 1945, that's fine, you know what happened here, but what else was going on? What else was going on in the world? What were the people that were watching the, uh, those games in the stands? What were they dealing with uh, outside of League Park? So that's really important for us to try to explain to people um, that while baseball is the end all be all for a lot of people, there are other things that are impacting uh, individuals and that's why baseball is so important. It's, it's a sort of an escape for, for, for many people now, what are they escaping from? That's kind of what we want to we, we wanted to highlight. Make sure you stop in by uh, stop in on, uh, after opening day and check that out because we're gonna be really happy to uh, to uh, unveil that. For sure. When you when you say opening day, I get really excited because I know it's been a a while without like a true opening day in the spring. And um, you guys with the Cleveland franchise right there, that's really exciting to be able to um, kind of showcase them and showcase the rich history of that group, and then. Kind of Cleveland baseball history in general. So that, that's really exciting. Um, and I, I'm excited for things to warm up and opening day to start. We had pitchers and catchers report yesterday to spring training, um, which always brings a smile to my, my face. So that, that's, that's really, really exciting. And that's a, that's a great timeline idea because I think the, the importance of sports museums to me is like showing that sports kind of fit in with the broad range of history. And like you were saying, like the context is super important like both in the 1920s and kind of how that mirrors now, like tying in with the pandemics and the world wars and affecting the, the baseball championships and all of that. So that's a really neat uh, timeline. And next time I'm in Cleveland, I'll be sure to stop by League Park and, and check it out. Yeah, thanks. I uh, look forward to it. And to touch on your opening day uh, story, baseball, obviously we're a baseball museum, but the actual game impacts our visitorship like you wouldn't believe, you know, a lot of people on their way down to a game, they stop, stop by the museum and then they, they, they keep on going. Um, so last year without having, uh, you know, proper baseball, it really, it really hurt our visitorship. So we're really looking forward to uh, ser serving our, our visitors this year, opening days right around the corner. Um, let's have our fingers crossed for a, you know, a full, a full season, you know, with some sort of, uh, you know, fans in the sands and um, yeah, let's just, you know, I'm going to, I want to see some baseball. Me too. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, I want you to tell like a, your, your kind of your best story, your favorite memory in the museum. And I know before um, we started recording, you talked about kind of the Bob Feller act of valor ceremony that you um, were able to partake in. Could you, could you tell that story for our listeners? Sure, it would be my pleasure. So it was, uh, I think, July of 2019, and uh, the yearly Bob Feller Act of Valor Award was being presented on the Lee Park Field. And uh, we had a few hundred 
uh, attendees, uh, most notably was a, uh, an army veteran that stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. So I took great, great honor, humbling, humbling honor to, uh, to meet and shake hands with somebody that was uh, on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. And uh, he was kind enough to take a picture with me, shake my hand, talk with me for a little bit. Uh, tell me how, you know, as soon as uh, things died down, one of the first things they did was uh, uh, start playing baseball to the best they could. Uh, and it wasn't anything formal, but they, you know, they, they, they had a stick and they, 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 they fabricated a ball and they were just knocking it around just to uh, get their, you know, minds, uh, you know, escape where they were for at least a couple of minutes. You know, they, they, they took that opportunity. So that was, you know, that was pretty powerful for me to be there in the moment with him and uh, him sharing, sharing his story with me and something I probably will never forget. That's awesome. Do you have uh, other stories like that where maybe you talked about like how it's kindergarten to people in assisted living facilities that are maybe a bit older? Do you have any stories that kind of touch on that kind of age gap? Yeah, I mean, you know, there doesn't, uh, you know, a day that we're open doesn't go by that somebody comes in saying, oh, well, you know, my grandfather played on this field. Or, you know, I remember coming here, you know, with my dad and, uh, you know, watching a baseball game on the field. Or, man, you know, I, I, I really hate the game of baseball, but I remember my, my, my uh, mother dragging me to uh, Ladies' Day at, at League Park because she wanted to see her favorite player. That, that, that goes to the point of the, the, the unifying nature of, of the game. Whether you love it, you hate it, you know, practically everybody I talk to has a story that, that comes back to the game of baseball. Um, like I said, even if you don't like baseball and you have that story, oh, well, you know, so-and-so dragged me to the game uh, while they were, they had their nose buried in the scorecard, keeping score. I, you know, they, they, they fed me popcorn and, and, and hot dogs well, you know what? You may not like baseball, but that's your story that that you know connects you to to the game, and um, you know that is your that is your oral history in direct relation to the game of baseball. And in, and in that way, baseball is universal. So, uh, yeah, I mean to pinpoint one exact uh, story is, is is pretty tough, but uh, we 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 get them a lot where, um, you know, just, oh yeah, I remember coming here with my, with my family. I remember, you know, it was a sunny, hot day. It was raining. It was windy. It was a night game, whatever it is. They remember those details. Uh, you know, the, the crack of the bat, the smell of the, the hot dogs, the roar of the crowd, all that stuff that adds to, uh, to those memories. And that's really what, you know, hopefully when the visitors leave, hopefully we, we can add to that story a little bit. And, um, that's hopefully a takeaway for them. That's really special. And I think it's really cool because how league park has kind of transitioned into this kind of new facility while, uh, still providing that, like that same kind of old school, like, um, entryway kind of where the ticket office is, where, where you guys are and like the same spot where Babe Ruth stood a hundred years later, that's for a new generation of kids, people my age and younger that are, um, experiencing baseball in a new way with their families, just as their fathers and mothers did before. And that, that's really cool. I know that's how I started going to baseball games with, with, with my family and just 
enjoying a, a hot dog and learning how to keep score and, and all of that. And then you go to a museum like the Baseball Heritage Museum. And then those memories like not only come back for me, but also like for my dad, who's a generation older and has those experiences with his family. So that's the special thing about baseball, I think, is that it ties families together. And like you said, it's it's really for everyone, um, whether you're old or young or um, different races, different religions, you can all kind of come together around baseball, which is, which is really exciting. So Ricardo, any, any last thoughts or about the Baseball Heritage Museum or anything that you want to um, plug? Like where can we find um, you guys either in person or digitally? Sure. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, BaseballHeritageMuseum.org uh, has our most up-to-date information. Uh, we're on Facebook, Facebook. Uh, dot com forward slash baseball heritage museum uh we're on twitter instagram uh you know we're at cleveland's historic league park google it you you know get the directions come on in friday saturday and sunday 9 a.m to 3 uh once baseball starts we're hoping to add another two days to the week but we're going to wait and see how that that all pans out but uh right now come down any weekend uh we'd be happy to see you Awesome. Thanks, Ricardo. It's been a treat to have you on and I'm just really grateful for your time and best of luck to you this season with the Baseball Heritage Museum. Thanks for the opportunity, Andrew. Thanks. Now that we've spoken to Ricardo, I'd like to provide everyone with a deeper dive into an aspect of our conversation, specifically League Park. I plan to do this overtime segment on each episode after our interview. So League Park opened in Cleveland, Ohio on May 1st, 1891, hosting the Cleveland Spiders for nine seasons including that infamous 1899 Spiders team. They had 20 wins and 134 losses. That is right, 134 losses. League Park then hosted Cleveland's American League franchise and the Cleveland Buckeyes of the Negro Leagues. It hosted four games in the 1920 World Series, including Cleveland's clinching Game 7 and the only unassisted triple play in World Series history. The stadium was renamed Dunn Field for seven seasons in the mid-1920s after the team owner James Dunn. And later that decade, Babe Ruth hit his 500th home run at League Park in August 1929. Cleveland split time between League Park and Cleveland Stadium from 1932 to 1946, and this was because League Park had no lights. It was the last stadium used in Major League Baseball never to install permanent lights. Cleveland would play weekday games at League Park in the sunshine and then move to Cleveland Stadium for larger games and then night games. Additionally, the Cleveland Buckeyes Negro Leagues franchise won a league championship in 1945, playing their home games at League Park. And in other sports, the Cleveland Rams, a precursor to the Cleveland Browns football team, played professional football at League Park in the 1940s. And while most of the stadium was demolished in 1951, the Browns continued to use it as a practice field into the 60s. And then as Ricardo stated during our interview, the original entrance and stadium footprint still remain with the new artificial turf field. So you are able to stand where the batter's box was that Babe Ruth stood in and the same pitcher's mound area where Cy Young would have stood over 100 years ago. Thanks again to Ricardo for being my first guest. You can find the Baseball Heritage Museum at Historic League Park in Cleveland, Ohio, or online at BaseballHeritageMuseum.com. In the show notes, you can find links to the museum's website and social media pages. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. Be sure to subscribe to Hallowed Ground on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss our next one. Also, leaving a five-star rating and review helps this podcast gain exposure on those various apps. Thanks in advance. Until next time, sports fans.